welcome to Northern Conversations, another exciting episode. I have got uh, my uh, co-host, uh, Kelly Darwin, on the line. Hi, Kelly. We're in Victoria, oh, and it's snowing. We don't have a clue what's going on. Like, we're no, because we got, busy. like, one plow. One plow, that's right. But we're very <laughs> lucky to have, or as our guest speaker today, Michelle Lockery from... Michelle, hi. Hi, how are you guys? Uh, offend, well, we're snowbound. Yeah. Oh, yes, you are in that deep snow on the island. I hear you. <laughs> right? This is, this is so, an emergency over here. It's a total emergency, right? Yeah. We, we, we yeah, you have to wear mittens. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's going to be a good session today. Okay, Michelle. Well, you and I, okay, you are located, we're calling you from Vernon, B.C., right? You are right. And And you and I met, like, we actually don't know where we met. But I think it was through some kind of BC Chamber of Commerce stuff. Was isn't that right? I think so. I was doing some youth and trade things when I was doing knurling a lot. So I'm I'm not sure, but I'll say okay. Hey, whatever, right? Whatever. <laughs> anyway, I'm so There's glad we connected. <laughs> I'm so glad we connected. You know, I've looked at your LinkedIn page. What a title! Master artist, influencer, creative rural community consultant, creative economic strategist. Tell us what you are, who you are, what do you do, and I guess for this podcast, how does that all link to our First Nations community? Well, it's, it's interesting because what I really am is a small town coal mining girl, and, wow. um, and wow. my town, yeah, and my town was relocated in the '60s. It was, you know, based on coal mining, and you know what that's done for the province, and my family and the entire town was relocated. So I grew up listening to strong immigrant people rebuilding a community. Hmm. And, and it was based on all the different immigrants. And then um, they hired a muralist to paint murals about that coal industry. And I was just young and very big mouthed. And I said, oh, my God, that would be so great. I was, you know, running a nonprofit, just, you know, trying to do the artist thing in a small town, which is hard. Yeah. And, learnt, and learnt about funding and said, hey, I can paint murals. And so we painted the town that was lost a school on the wall with my mom and a bunch of kids and my aunts and the grandmas and the elders and the ex-principal. And all of a sudden, we got so much interest in this community building of all nationalities and all ages. Long story short, um, a guy showed up when I was painting one of those murals and said, do you want to paint an Agassiz? And then before I knew it, I was living in Vernon, and now I've traveled the world, including Route 66 and Australia and you name it, teaching community development for all nationalities through public art. Well, a massive case study, um, and likely something you're very familiar with, is what happened to an island community here called Shamanus. Uh, Right? And and they they put murals up, and that transformed the community completely. Mm -hmm. Well, that actually is a tie. So Dr. Carl Schutz, who's the king of murals and a very good friend of mine, and we're actually trying to raise money to do an impact study on what his vision for what he brought from Romania, and then this young woman, me, who he brought the artist from the island, Dan Sawatsky, who painted the first three murals in Sparwood. So Carl Schutz is the reason that I did what I did, because I couldn't believe what they did, and I just added trades, training, and a bunch of kids, and tourism legacies. And so, yeah, so him and I still are very good friends. He's an amazing man, and you should totally podcast him, because Mm -hmm. he had a vision that has changed resource communities. That's so cool how you turned podcast into a verb. 
to podcast him. <laughs> I'm going to use that. <laughs> I like it. We should get t-shirts. <laughs> That's right. And and, yeah. and coffee mugs. Yeah. Well, so so how, how does – tell us – I'm sure there's a ton of this, but, but how – you know, this podcast is, is trying to uh, highlight a First Nations voice. What is going on in these communities? So many of us don't hear that, don't know, and so we're just trying to spread this word. Tell us your linkages to First Nations in BC, across Canada, wherever. So here's the heart of it. So my name is Michelle Dawn, and I was named after Chief Michelle from the area of the East Kootenays, and born at dawn. Thank God my mother always said she was, it was funny. I said, oh, I'm glad you didn't call me Sunny. In respect <laughs> to what right. happened of the First Nations people in that area, and my grandfather and my family are very, very of the land. I am a Ukrainian descendant, so I believe we're all First Nations, the first people from the globe, mm-hmm. you know, which is very important. That's so cool. <laughs> well, in my work, I, I never... I was taught it by an immigrant community. We are all different. You know, we all have, and we always have, everybody could join a mural project. It's all very inclusive and has been, you know, my family, I have every nationality that are either related to me, you know. So in my work, it was never, I, I had a charity uh, that I formed in 2005 with the provincial government, and it was called the Lockery Mural Artwork Foundation, which was a First Nations at-risk youth foundation, charity. Mm-hmm. And so we went, my project expanded, and I went to work in Merritt, where we painted country music murals, and all of the money, and we raised close to $6 million, was on teaching First Nations at-risk youth trades and training. So they would paint on the murals, but we would also teach them how to do fencing and job skills, and in return, we would go fishing and build nets. And actually, the Country Music Hall of Fame, all the money for that was raised through teaching First Nations employment skills, and we have a program called Wayfinder Employment, and it's just using art as a way to bring all generations and all people together, leave a tourism legacy, but support the First Nations youth in finding the skills and letting them stay in their own communities, because culturally, that's where they want to be, and it's through their art that they speak and their stories, and I just believe that's what we're doing right now. It's called Art Root Blue, but it's that we are indigenous to this planet, and if we can all, we've all been hurt, and it just works, because you know, you stand on a giant wall and kind of like this giant podcast, you stand on scaffolding, it doesn't matter where you're from. If you've got to figure out how to climb a 40-foot wall, everybody's got a skill. You don't teach that. There's nowhere to go to learn that kind of community development. It's just, you know, and you share lunches and you share stories and everybody is equal. And I find it really interesting that country music, you know, and all those, you know, predominantly white cowboys and cowgirls, <laughs> but the heart of it was First Nation kids. So that's why I, we laugh about it, right? Because I'm going, yeah, you know, it doesn't matter because really the heart was the First Nations people who are still my family to this day. Man. Wow, that's amazing. <laughs> I'm going to have to edit this because that, cause my, I'm, I'm, my jaw is down. That was amazing. Mm-hmm. You know, it's well, one of those, like, you have a mic, you should just drop the mic. Boom. Yeah, well, it's, podcast time. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> you know, what I think is that Christmas people are so brilliant and of this land and they have so much to teach, but it comes not in a box. You know, it's, it's circular learning and circular development and First Nations have a lot to teach us. And it was interesting because we did this project, a wax project, because 
the kids were all asking me, and I call them kids because I'm an old lady now, but we were saying, they go, well, where are you from? And I said, well, you know, my family was interned in Vernon, so I come from Ukraine, right? So my grandmother, like, you know, we were outfitters. My mom, we ate off the land. We picked elderberries, that stuff that was traditional from the Ukraine or where my family was from. So we started to take photos of all of our old photos from the 1900s, and we mixed them all up, and nobody could see which one, what, what nationality everybody was. You know, my parents, my grandparents lived in a grass hut in Saskatchewan. Well, it looked kind of like a winter home. So, Michelle, this is now something we've heard over several podcasts, that in engaging and listening and working with First Nations, you don't need special training. You don't need to understand or learn unique protocols. There's some obvious respect, cultural respect that must happen between any cultures. But this notion that we have to prepare to work with each other is being uh, discouraged. It, it, we're just all people. <laughs> we have unique experiences, and and we should we should embrace those experiences together. And you're really driving that home. I'm I'm hearing that loudly through your your voice. Tell us, which I think is fantastic. I appreciate that so much. Tell us currently what are the projects you're working on. That, that are really uh, continuing this vision? So what we're doing now is so, you know, I did all the murals and that's great and we want to do a documentary on that impact of that because it is true collaboration. So how we're doing it is I believe that the highways are the sort of the last or first time travel place. And I was um, having a wonderful meeting with the chief from here, Byron Lewis, and we were talking about, you know, working, everybody always working together and what can we do. And so if you think about the linear highways, they're the trade routes, and that is how we've all traveled. You know, the immigrants built it through Parks Canada, you know, and everybody's been hurt. But if we looked at, at the Trans-Canada Highway as a linear park and an extension, we could tell those stories and bring everybody together who's been hurt and rebuild on the highway, and if you look at it, you think about the migratory trails and all, and then the immigrants and First Nations, the Greece trails, we've all traveled it. Now it's the electric highway. So if you connect communities through a story and through each story and let people tell their own stories, they will be connected and we will form a, a rural and urban divide bridge, an education bridge, and we can drive jobs to those small towns and let which is important that rural survives. That's why we have fires. We have yeah. to maintain our rural. Yeah. So we've called it Art Root Blue because it's... Artwork Blue? Art Root Blue. Art Root Blue. Okay, thanks. And we have an app, and it's an augmented reality app where we can make the murals talk and art and anything oh, visual cool. talk. Yeah, and so what we're doing is sort of generation two of the murals is that we can do animations and film. It doesn't matter. And then we can place those stories through this lens of this app, Art Root Blue. And it's blue because we're not red or white. We're not, we're not a color. There's no such thing as a blue person. So we just said mm. it's blue. It's in honor of the horses because I believe that nobody has ever told the story of horses. And if we thought about what horses have done for all of our countries, you know, mm -hmm. there's not a, really a horse museum and if we thought like a herd, a herd of blue horses, well, at, in a herd of horses, different horses lead at different times. And each horse, if it's sick, will let another one lead. And a true blue, you know, artist is like, kind of, I guess we kind of make it kind of philosophical that a blue horse is somebody with their feet on the ground but their head in the sky, and that's where innovation happens. And, you know, 
everybody's had horses, every nation, and the First Nations tell me a story, and it's a beautiful story of, you know, how important dogs were to them in their, you know, in their world. And when they first saw a horse, they thought it was a, what did they call it, a moose dog. So horses <laughs> really, you know, defined them as a nation, my family. And so if you look at it, I think it's a nice way that the highways can maybe bring us together to reconnect and rebuild our infrastructure, teach trades, jobs, but let's come together and, you know, reconciliation has to be everybody has been hurt. We are, as humans, unkind. But if we come together with one trade route of stories, perhaps it's a start that we can all move forward. And all help each other. Well, I think, other. you know, I think Kelly and I would, would welcome helping you build some of that digital highway. So if you have uh, conversations you would like to have with folks as you um, engage and build your project, we're here for you. Um, well, we would, I would love I would love to invite Absolutely. you to talk to and she's the queen, Lori Fleming. Lori yeah. Fleming started the Canadian Route 6699 Association many many moons ago. She travels or our partnership is with Route 66 and that is incredible. But she is the fairy of the highways and she is the reason I do this. Wow! And where is she based? She's based out of Green Lake, but she started the, her project out of Surrey because of the Peace Arch and she has worked with me for almost 25 years that if we can extend the mother road of Route 66, which really was the depression way of resurging our, their economy, and you extend mm-hmm. the mother road to Canada, we can create the largest circle route of First Nations and immigrant stories, and it's been her dream for 25 years. Well, whatever part we can play in telling her story, your story, we'd love to do that. I think this wow. has been an, an extraordinary, great start. I hope you will continue to talk with us. I love you guys. I want you guys to because we have a dream of this podcast on the highway. So you guys, I love you too. It's perfect. You guys are just, that's how it works in my world. You meet people and you go, there, there's a role for you. Take this because we can't, you have to share it. Take that part. There's a part for everybody. I so much appreciate your time. We're like kind of at around 20 minutes. An old guy like me needs a nap. (laughs) (laughs) You're going to go play in the snow. (laughs) <laughs> You're going to go shovel that flip-flop full of snow, and I'm going to go shovel my four feet as I go feed my seven well, horses. <laughs> you're an extraordinary inspiration. I'm so glad we reached out to you, and we will hear from you again. If somebody wants to get a hold of you, could you give? A, could you just end this podcast with some contact information that you'd like, let, you know, allow to have the masses here? Well, I, if you would like, you could please go to artrootblue.com or to explore goldcountry.com, because that's where we're piloting out of right now is the beautiful Gold Country area. So we're helping mm-hmm. them rebuild from the fires. So either wow. one of those websites you can find me. Okay, Michelle. Thank you. Until we oh, talk thank again. You guys. Okay. Take care. Okay, take care, guys. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.